four ordinary guys with extraordinary ideas for Disney parks. This is Main Street Musings. The experimental podcast of tomorrow. Hello and welcome back to Main Street Musings, the experimental podcast of tomorrow. I'm Eric and with me today we have the one who breaks the ground, Brock. Pass me that shovel. The one who cuts the ribbon, Jake. Hey there, hi there, ho there. And the one who sneaks in on opening day without paying, we have Tanner. Hey there. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our New Year's special. To all who come to this happy place. We're very excited. Today, we're doing something a little different. Tanner, you want to explain how, what we're doing that's different? Sure. So normally, each of us comes in with a pitch and we give those and we vote on one specific idea that we're going to talk about for the whole episode. Now for our special two-part New Year's episode, we are going to be each discussing our own idea for a third gate in California. So this will be joining Disneyland and California Adventure as another park. And just so that we're aware, we are aware as a group that there is no space left in the Anaheim sections. (laughs) It is a a marvel of architecture that they have the two parks in there to begin with. So this is all agnostic of the fact that we can't squeeze it in. To add to that, the Disney company has publicly stated they have no intention of building a third park there. And Anaheim has publicly stated that even if Disney did, they would do everything in their power to stop that from happening. Anaheim's a shithole anyways. So (laughs) while we admit that this will never happen, we thought it would be a fun idea to each come in with our own thought out versions for a park. Now, the special thing is after we each give these pitches during the episode, we are going to leave it up to our listeners to vote on their favorite, which we will come back and cover in depth at a later date. So none of that complaining that we didn't vote for the idea you wanted. This time it'll be in your hands. We'll get the idea you want and we'll be digging deep into it because today, due to time, we will be touching on the highlights, developing the ideas a little bit more so you get a better idea of what you're voting for. And then we will pick one of those to dive deep on and explore every inch of every land that we have. Yeah, like Tanner says, it's a two-parter, so we're going to release these uh, two pitches in one condensed episode and then two pitches in another, and then we'll put up that vote on the Twitter poll. So with the way things structures, we're not going to do a Q&A section. There will be questions being asked and answers being given, but that's all part of like the fleshing out process. Today, Brock is going to be starting us off and giving us his pitch for his third Anaheim gate. We're very excited. Why don't you take it away, Brock? All right, friends and neighbors. Oh, shit. Off to a great start, Brock. (laughs) So we are taking a journey into the land of myths and legends. My third Anaheim gate is going to be based on mythology, tall tales, and legends from different cultures around the world. It's going to be a hub-and-spoke sort of design. At the center, in the hub, there's going to be a large campfire-looking structure. So it's going to be kind of that teepee style of campfire with the the logs heading up into a pyramid shape and a big iron metal and stained glass flame that kind of lights up at night and you can see from all around and it's a great focal point. Uh, Now I've chosen the flame with the help of my girlfriend to represent the storytelling tradition because myths and legends are all based around oral tradition told around the campfire. 
So I thought that would be kind of neat. Around this hub are going to be lots of different lands. So this is going to be a lot closer to an Epcot sort of world showcase idea rather than the traditional Magic Kingdom Adventureland Fantasyland system. It's going to be lots and lots of small little areas, all of which representing something, and they might only have one or two attractions each. Just starting at the the front, the entrance, we're going to say it's in the south. I want all of the different areas to be sort of represented where they are geographically in the world. A little bit correlated, but not set in stone. Because I want each of these areas to feel different, feel unique, feel vibrant, and also feel not part of reality, to feel part of fantasy. Uh, So starting at the south, where you would enter would be Africa. You know, it's the cradle of civilization, it's the start of storytelling, it's the start of the oral tradition, and this realm, this area, would kind of be the mascot of the entire park would be Anansi, the spider god and storytelling god from a lot of African tradition and storytelling. Question. Yes. Question. Can we make Anansi just be Mickey Mouse with eight legs? Seconded. So... So you are, you're killing two birds with one stone for the Disney company because, A, you're completely destroying their mascot by making him something horrifying. I'm trying to make a Nancy more Disney-esque. Yeah, and B, you're appropriating African culture into the white American corporate conglomerate. I think I can pick, come on. A N A N S N I or something like that. Nancy. No, it is perfect. Generally on board. If the other six legs of Mickey Mouse are also Porky Pig in it. Wait, no, Mickey doesn't Porky Pig. He wears his red shorts. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. The other six legs, like you have Mickey in his red shorts. And, and then, then the other six are just sticking out the back <laughs> <Do> they, <laughs> with the yellow shoes, though. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, with the shoes. The shoes are an important touch. Well, I would say that two two of them have to have. Okay, so does he have? Are his arms included in this number eight? No. <laughs> or the, oh, they're separate. The so he's yeah. like a centaur, but with yeah, he's a spider mouse centaur. on the bottom. <laughs> a mouse arachno arachno centaur. And just like his. His back, his back legs are just kind of bursting out the back of his pants, so it's it's yeah. more like a an apron. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you know, bro. Okay. I don't know. After your description of a Nancy just now, I don't know if I like your idea for your park. <laughs> I, I might have. I think I'm going to have to pass on it. <laughs> hey, Jake. Yeah. Um, what a horrifying! <laughs> I want to say this in the most magical Disney way I possibly can. <laughs> 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 All right, I'll be quiet for a while. <laughs> no, no, I, I encourage questions because otherwise I'm just going to go off into this weird pretentious. Do you encourage questions like that one, though? Not like that one. I encourage I encourage good questions. <laughs> OK, so that's that's going to be Africa. We can get into the attractions and rides that I want for each of these areas. But first, I, w- I just want to touch on the areas. So as we go clockwise around the circle to our left, we're going to hit up South America, and we can touch on South American Incan sort of mythology. Above that is going to be like representative of the United States, tall tales from the United States, as well as uh, native mythologies. Then we're going to head up into a sort of Norse-inspired area with a Marvel. Yeah. Will there be a mascot from the America section that runs around to all the other sections stealing their stories and bringing them back to America? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's me. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> it's the Disney Corporation it's, it's, is, it's, has already done that by making this park. <laughs> the Mickey, the freak arachno Mickey Mouse just yeah. runs around. <laughs> oh, boys, give me all your stories and we'll mine them for gold. <laughs> oh, boy. Come on, Brock. Brock, you got to stay on track. <laughs> yeah, you keep, come on, you keep getting distracted. Stay on track here, Brock. You dipshits decided I was going first. <laughs> <laughs> Brock, please. You were at the Americas? Yeah, okay. So that's the Americas. Uh, and then continuing around the circle, we have a Norse-inspired area. And I'm thinking what would be cool is to take a similar Asgard to what we see in the Marvel movies. And then we could incorporate Marvel as well because the Disney Corporation has a lot of plans for a lot of different Marvel areas throughout all their parks that are all going to be very different, but something that they don't have represented is Asgard. So I think that'd be really neat. Then moving on, we have an England-inspired area with Arthurian legend. Then we have Greece, perhaps a Mount Olympus-inspired area with Greek mythology. Uh, Then we have China, where we could do things with Mulan, sort of an Arabian-inspired area where we could do sort of Aladdin-type stuff. Polynesia would be cool with Maui and Moana and that sort of storytelling. And then I'd also like to do some original IP in an Egyptian-inspired area. That's my take around the circle and uh, also the hub in the center. Now, in each of those, I have different attractions and different ideas that we could incorporate. And I'd also love to hear a lot of your ideas. My, my question is, all these countries that you mentioned, are, are these lands or are they just attractions that are thrown into one overall park and you're not thinking lands i would like them to be lands because so you want like 11 lands yeah kind of like a world showcase inspired thing so the about the same size and shape as not shape but about the same size as the different countries in world showcase okay i just wanted to clarify that it's it's a small area it's not something you're going to get lost in it's not an adventure land style thing it's It's just going to be that small area represented by the exterior, the outside, and all of the architecture and aesthetic. Speaking of the aesthetic, I thought what would be really cool is since this is myths and legends and stories, rather than being representative of real architecture, things that you find in reality, I would love for the aesthetic of this park to look like it's been taken out of storybooks or cave paintings or scrolls or what have you, hieroglyphics. I want everything to look like the art of that time, of that place. So I want the African art to look like that African-style painting. So the trees look like they were ripped out of a painting. So in China, everything looks like it was taken out of their artwork. So everything looks a little not real. Everything looks like the ideal, the story version. Yeah, fantastic. But it all looks true to that culture's oral tradition and storytelling tradition. Okay, yeah. So that makes the assumption that we are jumping into whatever time frame, I guess, is one would widely consider to be like the height of their oral tradition, right? Because you have cultures in the Far East that have been relatively untouched by Western influence for thousands and thousands of years. And those cultures and aesthetics kind of morph over time, right? But like all of this to say... I think we're at an understanding that we pick the iconography that is most recognizable from at least our perspective of what that would be. Yeah, and we'll get more into this when we talk about the attractions, but the attractions are going to be of a specific time and place, and we can get into that more, you know? 
Gotcha. Okay. So if if you guys don't have anything you'd like to start with, I'd like to start with the hub. Sure. Yeah, let's do that. I am interested to see what, where this goes, because currently in my brain, it's just like a circle with fire. And it's with like 11 different gates leading to different places. Yeah, well, it's so what I'm thinking is it's, you know, an island. We can do the Discovery Island Animal Kingdom style thing. So I explained that very large structure. I want it to be so the large wooden or not wooden, but what looks like the logs on the fire that shoot up into the sky. I want it to be so you can walk under that. So it's it's almost like an archway, a gateway that you can walk in and around. So this campfire you're thinking is like the size of like the tree of life, the tree of life or the ball at Epcot or the castle. Yeah, Yeah, big. Um, And so it's something that you can walk under and around. And I was thinking it would be neat to have hanging braziers coming down that would actually have fire in them, you know, because they can do that safely from a distance. But, you know, just walking around and each of the braziers could sort of be representative of one of those art styles. Right. And then I was thinking the logs themselves could be kind of carved in relief, a little bit like the Tree of Life, but just Mm -hmm. with a bunch of different stories and tales and fairy tales and myths and legends. Mm -hmm. Just moments from those stories. What I wanted to pitch for that hub is there is a ride that I'd like to do inspired by the great movie ride. Okay. So what this ride would be... The great book ride? (laughs) (laughs) So what this ride... So what this ride would be is like you're traveling through the realm of stories or the realm of legend or whatever we'd like to call it. And there's perhaps a narration. There's some sort of guided thing. But then your ride gets hijacked by a trickster god. But inspired by the great movie ride, this would change who it was would change every time you wrote it. So, like, sometimes it might be Loki, it could be Anansi, it could be Maui, Br'er Rabbit, whoever. I also thought it could be, like, Ares uh, from Greek mythology, who's kind of obscure, but she's Mm -hmm. the one, she's the goddess of chaos, and she threw an apple who's like, this is for the most beautiful, and it started the Trojan War. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, a character like that I think could be fun. So, and then it's hijacked by them, who wants to make the ride all about them, and I think, you know... That would be a cool ride. Yeah. Any any thoughts? My one instant thing that jumps out is like when you reference the the Greek goddess, I feel like we need to keep that within either park or Disney recognizable IP. Yeah, absolutely. That was an obscure one. I'll sure, admit that. Yeah. We don't have to do that one. I was just trying to think of different trickster gods that would represent different parts well, of the park. The Greek one, you could always go down into like a Hercules-style thing. You could use some of the characters from Hercules. So there's a few, like, given the heavy mythos-inspired things, the I feel like pulling a character from Mulan is probably good. Pulling a character from Hercules is probably good. I like, obviously, Loki is a very easy I think inclusion for that, particularly if we're starting to try and lean more into Marvel stuff moving forward. Well, I was thinking the ones we would definitely be able to do, I think, most easily, because they are literally trickster gods, would be Maui, Loki, and because I wanted to make Anansi a part of this park, also Anansi. Okay. So does it send the wrong message if the guide of the park is the one taking over the ride? I kind of want that to be part of it. He is the guide of this park because he's putting himself everywhere. He's kind of a mischievous character. I also don't want the person hijacking this ride to be malicious. I think it's driven more by ego. That's why I think it's okay to have Maui do it. That's why I think it's okay to have Anansi do it. Because I think it's a fun, like, 
hey, now this ride's about me rather than like I'm stealing you and taking over. Mwahaha. I think it's fine. Hmm. Okay. I don't remember riding the great movie ride. What is its deal? You're supposed to be sitting in theater seats. So there's like 40 people in each car and it's this giant slow moving car. And you move from, it looks like you're in like a theater. And then a guide gets in the front who's driving. They have like a fake steering wheel. So it looks like they're driving. And you're going through a big, huge animatronic show of all the different movies. There was a Singing in the Rain segment. There was a huge Wizard of Oz segment. And you just go through all these movies and live the movies and travel through them while they're happening around you. But Brock is basing this idea on a specific section of the ride, which now he can explain. So at some point during the ride, uh, you and your tour guide would end up driving through either the western portion of the ride or the gangster portion of the ride, at which point an actor dressed up like either a cowboy or a gangster would hijack your ride, kick your tour guide off, and take you a lot of the rest of the way. Eventually, they would be defeated when your tour guide returns and tricks them. And During the Indiana Jones segment. Yeah, during the Indiana Jones segment, and tricks them into allowing themselves to be murdered horribly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and no, then, that's not what happens. The, the bad guy says they want to go steal that jewel, and the person is like, no, stop, don't touch that jewel. And the bad guy's like, I'm going to do it anyway, and they touch it. And then it's revealed that the person who said, no, stop, don't touch it, was our tour guide. But to be fair, they said, no, stop don't touch it yeah they didn't say hey go grab that thing and rub it on your face (laughs) true but they don't like really stop them (laughs) what do you want them to do throw themselves in front of them i i I feel like that's that's good enough oh yeah fair tell somebody hey don't do that and they're like I'm going to do it anyways. (laughs) The actor playing the bad guy goes and touches the gem, and then a huge cloud of smoke appears, and when it dissipates, you see that there's nothing left but a charred skeleton touching the gem. They just don't make them like they used to, you know? They don't. Yeah. But anyway, so my idea for the ride would be not that it's actually hijacked by an actor dressed as that character, but that an animatronic of that character kind of appears and, like, diverts you and changes the path that you're on, and changes it to be more about them. Okay. And I think it's a it's a fun way to introduce people to the idea of the park, that you're living within these myths, and things can happen to you as part of these myths, you know? Cool. The next thing, though, that I am wanting to hear more from Brock about, because it's his own story and not IP-related, would be the Egypt part of the park, if you could talk a little bit more about what your idea was for that i didn't have one oh that cool. was one where i that was so, one i wanted to, to so you workshop needed with the you 11 guys. lands so no egypt is one that i wanted to workshop with you guys eventually but i think that having an original ip uh, having the egyptian mythology to play with would be really cool yeah i agree there's a lot of interest with the egyptian gods and everything I'm not well-versed enough in said gods and mythology to start giving you great ideas offhand. <laughs> no, agreed. So that would be something I'd like to, if we get if this park is voted for, something we could come back to. Right. My initial thoughts is something involving exploring a pyramid, but I don't know if that would be the best yeah. uh, use. That could be like a whole Indiana Jones thing, right? Like yeah. one of the things that I want to talk about real quick, just in general is like this is a Disney park, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are Disney parks that sort of 
go light on the IP theme, though in recent years, even stuff like the Animal Kingdom, they're kind of like bringing back more into like, hey, also Disney IP everywhere kind of thing, right? Right. So I'm just want to make sure that like it's not just mythos of the world. No, in that we're grounded in. In fact, every area of this except for Egypt and Africa, which I wanted to do original IPs, but everywhere else is connected to an existing Disney IP. Okay, cool. But you know, it's it like Magic Kingdom. Almost everything's an existing IP, but then you have Haunted Mansion, you have Pirates, you have right. No, absolutely. Right. I'm not saying there's not room for like completely new stuff. I just you know. Yeah, I'm all for Disney doing more non-IP stuff. Agreed. Like throwback to, to Haunted Mansion. Yeah, I think like a, a pyramid tour would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And the pyramids, I'm definitely thinking, would kind of be an icon of this area of the park. Oh, okay, 100%. Cool. Yeah. So that could be a very interesting ride, and it, maybe it involves solving a Sphinx's riddle, uh, just as like Ooh, things that we want to come back cool. to. Yeah. Because like, I know that's not exactly like trickstery, but it is like a big thing. Yeah. yeah. And then there's just cats everywhere. <laughs> we can just do a cats, like the cats yeah. movie, but like, <laughs> yeah, that's the show in Egypt. It's just cats. You just projected like, on onto the, the side sides, of the pyramid. There's like a bunch of Egyptians, like bowing to them as gods. Right? <laughs> as a uh, CGI, just Jason as Derulo do is dancing. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Segway. I love Segways. Are there any shows or non-ride attractions that you have planned for this? Okay, so I don't have those off the top of my head. What I do have is I have the IPs related to a lot of them. I only have four or five like rides where I know what I want the ride to be. Uh, and the rest are just, here's an IP I'd like to work with in this area. Okay. So, maybe... Give us the rundown of those connections and just like the brief overview of like the five that you have and we can dive deeper based on that. Yeah. So what I what I think I'll do is I'll just go back around the circle. I'll tell you the IP that I want to do. If I have a ride idea, I'll bring that up then. Great idea, Brock. <laughs> if that's what you were telling me to do. Exactly okay. that. <laughs> that was the exact thing I just said. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Thanks for thank you. I thought it was a good idea too. I thought you were fucking with me when you said it. <laughs> I wish I was. So in Africa, I was thinking like the icon of the area could be a giant boabab tree, and inside it houses a boat ride uh, through Anansi myths as he's telling stories about his his mythology, which I think would be cool. In South America, I'd like that, like, uh, looking like that large temple from Emperor's New Groove, and I think it'd be fun to have a ride that incorporated the characters from Emperor's New Groove. Not again, Brock. Don't do this to Eric. Don't you dare do this to Eric. He's storming (laughs) off of set right now for listeners at home. He's shaking his fist angrily. (laughs) Love you, Eric. But yeah, so use some of the characters of Emperor's New Groove, as well as some of the mytho- the Incan mythology and characters and figures like Quetzalcoatl. I don't know how it's pronounced, but different Incan gods and tell a story about the Incan gods 
but through the lens of Emperor's New Groove, I think would be really fun. Uh, then you get into sort of a, the North American area, and I'd like to do something based on their old Tall Tales cartoons. So Disney has old cartoons. They have a Pecos Bill. Pecos Bill. They have a Paul Johnny Bunyan. Appleseed cartoon. They have a Paul Bunyan cartoon, and they have a um, John Henry. John Henry cartoon, and those are the four that I kind of wanted to touch on. Thank you, Jake. Um, John Henry. John Henry. John I love Henry those shorts. A powerful man. Yeah, no, they're great shorts. Um, so I think that'd be really cool. Something with those characters, because I've always loved those tall tale characters. And I think modern day, like, figures like Paul Bunyan and John, like, those stories don't seem to be told anywhere anymore. And I've always thought that w- those were really cool. Yeah, I agree. And going north of that, I'd like to do something with Brother Bear. And I know that's a, not a very popular movie, and it's not one of the best, but I think there's some really cool ideas in it. And that sort of northern North America native mythology is something really interesting that we could explore. Plus, then we can have Bob and Doug McKenzie voice the moose again. That's true. That is true. That's like the whole reason to do it right there. Bring Rick Moranis back. Rick Moranis is an American hero and a Canadian hero. He's bold somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Going northeast, I guess, uh, (laughs) around the circle, (laughs) um, is going to be... Massachusetts. That's going to be our uh, our Norse mythology area, and I would like to mold oh, that yeah, off. It's wicked sweet, that Norse stuff. Yeah. Hey, it's wicked sweet. Where are my khakis, Loki? <laughs> but, Brock, I have a question. When we do the Norse stuff, are you going to account for the fact that in 10 years we're just going to tear it down and replace it with frozen stuff? Yes. <laughs> in fact, we'll have frozen animatronics waiting in the wings. <laughs> okay, good. I'm still salty about that. I was thinking we could mold it after Asgard from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And because that that's a fun blend oh, of... the place that got blown up by their sister? Yeah, so the, we're, we're living in a <laughs> doomed... This is pre or post so Ragnarok. This is like, pre-Ragnarok, the, but okay, good. we're constantly living with the reminder that all these lovable characters that we meet along the way will die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so and in Asgard, I think what we could do is... Maybe a cool ride, maybe kind of a gamified Buzz Lightyear style ride. You know, I love those where we're helping Thor defend Asgard from a frost giant invasion, I think would be cool. Or, you know, maybe we're helping evacuate if it's not one of those shooting rides. Listeners at home are going to start a drinking game where they take a drink every time Brock says a gamified Buzz Lightyear style ride. (laughs) Oh, I have already been told that there is a drinking game in the works. Um, Whenever we say gamified, whenever we say aesthetic is one that apparently we say a lot. I have already said that like 13 times this episode. Yeah, I know. There was a third one too. I was told about, but I already forgot what it was. I'm sure it'll come up again. Building theme parks is sort of like a very, Heavy aesthetics. Exercise. So I want to take this gamified <laughs> yeah, Buzz Lightyear ride and aesthetically match it to the Asgard idea. <laughs> uh, Drink up, bitches. <laughs> that one sentence is going to push me out of sobriety. Thank you, Brock. <laughs> I do what I can to ruin my friends' lives. 
So, after Norse, I thought we could move into England and Arthurian legend, and we could do some cool sword in the stone stuff. That's probably a episode we'll end up having sooner than later, so we could just take whatever ride we come up with then and put it in my park. Uh, in Greece, it's speaking of... Next would be Greece, and I want to have Mount Olympus. And the, I was thinking this would be a perfect place for our Hercules ride. There we go. Done and dusted. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't listened or don't know what we're talking about with our Hercules ride, go listen to our episode entitled Hercules. Honey, I think you mean Huncules. Oh, yeah. And then in China, I was thinking we could do Mulan. And while I would love to take a Mulan ride that we did in the past... We actually did a very... Eric's Great Wall. (laughs) I was going to say, we had a very specific (laughs) location-based attraction, but no, you're right, Eric's Great Wall. Back from our Mulan episode, that was episode two. Wow, we're hitting all the hits. (laughs) Yeah, the Great Wall of Murder. (laughs) Yeah, the ride where Eric tried to murder all the drunk guests. (laughs) Next would be uh, the Polynesian area. And what I think would be cool about the Polynesian area is it would be a series of islands. I think that would make that area aesthetically really pop and stand out and feel more true to the reality. Yeah. And I was thinking it'd be cool to have a rapid ride where we're helping Maui and Moana fight Tamatoa again. Nice. That'd be really fun. Yeah. I'm all all for more Tamatoa appearances. Following that, I've got uh, an Arabian area. We could make it look like Agrabah, and then I was thinking what would be fun would be an Aladdin, like, flying carpet roller coaster. But that's also something we could come back to at a later date, because I'm sure we'll have an Aladdin episode. I'm sure we will. And then, as we mentioned earlier, Egypt with pyramids and an original IP. And that rounds out the lands. Nice. Obviously, we would have space in between them in case we wanted to add more in the future, which I'm sure we would. But that is going to be my park. Any questions? Nicely done. I think that's a really good overview of your park. Brock, I got to say, I love your park. Me too. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I really would like to go to this park. Well, thank you very much, Brock. That was an excellent pitch. Nice way to start us all off with this New Year's episode. Why, thank you. Very, very excited about that. I forget. Do you have a tentative title? No, I don't. And that was... I think that's okay. Right now, it's the land of myths and legends, but that could be shortened. (laughs) That could be made spiffier. So, uh, let's keep it in the family, and let's move on to Jake, who will be capping off part one of our two-part episode. Jake, what do you got for us? Brock did a really good job, and I am glad that the bar was set that high right before I get to go. Super (laughs) excited about that. I have not put nearly as much thought into my park as Brock did. Just focus on the part when he didn't plan Egypt, Jake. That'll make you feel <laughs> <Okay>. better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or or the creepy Mickey Mouse spider monster that was completely his bizarre idea. Yeah, what the hell was that? I was that? like, I'll just put a couple things that we can work on together as a group, Brock, and they'll love Brock, that. Brock, stop talking. It's not your turn anymore. Let somebody else have a chance. Yeah, believe me, the listeners have heard enough from you this week. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. (laughs) That's not wrong. So my idea for a park is I just thought, you know, it's Disney and we just don't have enough badassery. So I'm just thinking, you know, we want to go as just like testosterone as possible. I'm just trying to set the bar as high as I 
fucking can. I want to see, you know, like fucking explosions coming out. Okay, fire everywhere. Fucking explosions are my favorite kind of explosions. Yeah, not just regular explosions. These are motherfucking big ass explosions. Okay, and that's why my pitch uh, is a park that uh, celebrates um, art. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all the different kinds of art there are in our beautiful world. Hey, there's some explosive art out there, man. Some real high octane. Sh- this is when I remind the listener that Jake went to art school. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's technically a BA. It's a Bachelor of Arts. Art yes, you're right, Brock. That is what we have. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is an untitled park. I feel like Art Park is not a great name. I would like to come up with something better, but I have not yet. So the way this park would work, I'm thinking there would be four main sections of the park. One would be a literature section. So the art of literature, your stories, your poetry, that kind of thing. Another section would be the visual arts. So painting, drawing, sculpture. Uh, The third section would be performing arts. So theater, dance. I figure you guys could help me out with that section. Yeah, Eric and I got you. Yeah, I know. Thanks, guys. I, I knew you'd have my back. And Brock, you can just be quiet for a while. <laughs> and then the fourth section, last but certainly not least, is music. So song, orchestral, etc. And one thing I thought was kind of cool about these four lands is that they can flow into each other. There's not really hard borders because if you look at theater... That goes hand-in-hand with music and with visual arts. If you look at literature, that goes hand-in-hand with painting and illustration and stuff. So I thought there was this interesting way we could play with how they flow into each other instead of having hard borders. This park, I feel, could give lots of opportunity for shows, parades, decorations, uh, all based on the arts, obviously. Other than that, I had a few just basic ideas for rides. Nothing set in stone. Like we're not not saying that Brock's ideas were set in stone, but Brock had really well developed ideas. Mine are just kind of more like suggestions. I was going to throw out and see what you guys thought. Jake, don't throw them out. We want to hear them. <laughs> the first one, though, that I really thought would be neat would be a dark ride that starts in like really dark and if there's any light at all it's just like grays and really dull and as the ride progresses i don't know what the story of the ride would be i don't know what characters would be involved but as the ride progresses it becomes more and more colorful and bright and colorful and bright and the music is building and by the end of it it's just like this big bright exciting you know fanfare and everything and you kind of just understand how art makes the world a better and more exciting place what about the story, the the genesis of like like Mickey's genesis. Yeah, like right? animation like, is what that yeah. says yeah, to so me. Yeah, so you start off with like you're in a dark room and you start to see like lines being drawn and they start to make a mouse and you're going through it and it becomes Steamboat Willie and then it like kind of progresses through that kind of journey. Would that be something that would be interesting? Yeah, that would be neat because then you could, as the ride progressed, you could have a whole section of the ride, like the Steamboat Willie section would be in black and white. Yeah. You know, and the ride vehicle could be like you're on the steamboat or next to the steamboat going down the river. And that would be really neat to be in a black and white world temporarily. I think it would also be cool if we could start that even earlier. Like, I don't, this might be dumb, but start with like 
a little like a cave drawing of a mouse or like like a regular mouse and then how yeah, yeah. all of these ideas and different art and don't of, forget to thank the venetians <laughs> thank the venetians right all these different ideas kind of went into the creation of mickey and just starting with these small things yeah eventually and i think it's cool if it's constantly shifting and changing so we're following it not just like going through and there's this on the wall. Now it's this on the wall. If it feels like it's one continuous thing, yeah. which I think would be a lot of projection mapping and well, yes, obviously, such. you know my feelings on projection mapping. Um, I love it when it is used <laughs> properly. <laughs> but I think that ride would be cool too because it would be you could kind of have all four of the main categories fall into that ride, where you could have yeah. the music, the performing arts the visual arts and the literature all could be part of that ride and how they've evolved over the years, ending with this big colorful explosion of wonderfulness. Mm-hmm. I thought that would be I neat. I love that. I think that's a great centerpiece. That could be like a maybe in the middle. Yeah. Too. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like having a middle. I like having an icon in the middle of the park. I love that idea, but I just couldn't... I didn't really have a great one in mind for this. Yeah, that one's tricky because... Art is, A, it's so subjective, so no one thing says art because literally right. everything is art. But right, also exactly. it's it's so intangible as well. Right. And, like, if you put, like, okay, people hear art, they think, okay, put, a like, a big painter's palette. Okay, but then that just limits us to painting, you know? That's the difficulty I had with mine. I think you pulled it off well with the campfire, though. I, I think That's that was a saying. good idea. So what is something that evokes the idea, like, that feels true to the spirit of it a lot of student loan debt that you can't pay off there we go as a statue (laughs) (laughs) i think while the visual metaphor may lend itself to painting i think in a lot of different arts when you're like starting with something um a lot of people refer to it as like a blank canvas so something that's like a blank canvas that's constantly filling in Mm -hmm. um with different things, musical notes, words on a page, performances, yeah. things like that. That's like a blank canvas that's constantly shifting between the mediums in which it's representing. Yeah. I think could be interesting. That could um, be neat. So is it, yeah, is it like a tower? I was thinking it would be like set up on – so like you have the four lands, right? And then like the middle of it is this very large structure – which is kind of set up like an easel and each leg of the easel can kind of represent which land it's leading off into. So you have like a leg of the easel that's uh, like a quarter note or a leg of the easel that's sort of like a drama mask or a book, a bookmark or a paintbrush. Mm -hmm. And then those are kind of directional indicators of where you would go. And that's like up over this, crosswalk section that leads to things and then they're all supporting this giant structure that's a blank canvas that's constantly rotating um the things and it could be even like a fully three-dimensional blank canvas on each side i like the idea of having all the different things on there that are changing but i'm almost wondering if instead of a blank canvas what if it was something more abstract yeah like i'm I, i the first thing i thought of was um the artist alexander calder his sculptures for any of our fans who are from the grand rapids area you know the everybody calls it the calder statue the big orange thing 
that's in downtown Grand Rapids. But if you research some more of his work, another thing he was well known for doing was gigantic mobiles, which actually spin around and are abstract. I wonder if there's some way we could do like a giant abstract mobile that that would be the cool. overall shape is abstract, but then it also has recognizable icons on it, like the theater masks for drama and comedy, or you know, like ballet shoes or the artist palette stuff like that. I like that a lot. Because yep. I like the blank canvas yeah, idea. Cool. I'm just afraid that like the big white square that's yeah that's my thing it's, from it's, a distance would look weird up close it would be cool but from a distance it might be odd but i like the idea it's just like a wall in the sky yeah no totally i, I totally get that that was part of my thinking of it's never actually blank. yeah right, that, right 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 that's right. cool um, what i think we could probably incorporate that into the mobile like do some yeah sort you could have a white canvas projected onto onto the different parts what you could do is like I'm sure Disney could find a way to do this, but if you could somehow attach a small projector onto the the thing that is supporting each part of the mobile, it could project. So as it, it goes by that. the base, it's projecting something onto the base. Oh, that that's would be interesting. Cool. That would that's be really cool. cool. That's actually different than what I was thinking. But I, so I like, like as that like a lot. the music note went around, it would be projecting something onto the base as it went by, and like the theater masks would be projecting something as they went by. That way, it's literally yeah. changing with the weather, so it's constantly unpredictable, like art. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, so that would be a cool. pretty neat center icon, I think. Sweet. So now that we have that piece of modern art decided, (laughs) (laughs) what about theme parks? (laughs) I'm glad we spent so much time on that, guys. Good job. (laughs) Guys, we should do art prize. (laughs) (laughs) So some other just basic ideas I had would be maybe a good example. They already have one that kind of exists in Cars Land in Disney's California Adventure. Uh, where the cars, Luigi's family dance. I think that's pretty funny. Uh, I know my mother gets a kick out of it. Every time she sees it, she just like breaks up in hysterics and can't stop laughing. So are you saying some sort of ride that like incorporates dancing as a mechanic of the ride? So what I was leading into was, yes, some sort of flat ride that kind of simulates or represents dance might be another interesting one. I love that. For our listeners that go way back... Maybe a certain pitch of Jake's in the lightning round that he may have forgotten where Gonzo was teaching some certain chickens how to dance as a flat (laughs) ride. I had forgotten about that. I had completely forgotten about that. I don't even remember which episode that was in. Was that our first episode? I think episode one was Muppet Flat Ride. Okay. So that was the lightning round of the first episode. It's Um, like a steel trap in here, guys. (laughs) (laughs) and then another ride just a brief suggestion i had was some way to have a roller coaster simulating music with like the highs and the lows and obviously you would have the score incorporate into the motion of the roller coaster but i thought if you could have it kind of really fit the music that would be neat that evokes to me the image of in fantasia 2000 the segment based on uh, rhapsody in blue gershwin Oh yeah, Where the line starts are being with a single line to the music. To me, is is something interesting where it, you could kind of do a roller coaster where you're obviously you're hearing it, but it's literally it's almost the the idea of composing the song as you're writing it. So right. it starts with just a few plinks on the piano that represent little shakes that you're doing. 
Yes, that's exactly what I had envisioned. I, I want it to feel like you are the music and like the song is kind of like moving you literally, you know? Yeah. And you can kind of feel the the composer like finding their feet and understanding what the song is and then it gets really wild and it builds. Right. Honestly, Rhapsody in Blue, you might just be able to use that. <laughs> that's a great piece of music. There's a lot of things that you can just take from Fantasia for this park. Because Fantasia is, in some ways, Disney's attempt to be like, this is our world in art form. Right. Yeah. So I like whatever. When I hear this park, I think of the. This is a great place to put the Fantasmic show. Yeah, I think this or would like definitely a be a better place for for Tan- Fantasmic than where it currently is at. Another one that would be good, I think, in this park, it would need to be updated because I know it needs some love now. But um, Mickey's Philharmagic might be cool. To appear here, yeah. I think when I see this uh, music roller coaster, mm-hmm. I just had this thing that popped into my head of like the ride vehicle being enclosed. Like you'd still be on a track, yeah. But like we wouldn't have to worry about decorating the track or anything. Um, and you would visually like go through like as a composer is writing notes and stuff, and you would like see it like animated in front of you, mm-hmm. and as you're going along, I think that'd be really cool. Oh, so that, um, that kind of reminds me of that, and I know it's. Uh, different, but that moment in Ratatouille where he's combining the flavors and you see those sparks in the dark. So it cuts oh, to that yeah, darkness he's and you about... just see the sparks of the flavor. So you could do a dark and you see the colorful sparks of each note and then you mm-hmm. see them blend and make something interesting. Yeah. I love combining the idea of like a dark ride feel with the roller coaster and that would be cool. Yeah. So like enclosed and away from the elements and stuff like that. Mm hmm. I also think this would be an interesting place for something I don't know if Disney's ever really done. In Southern California, they opened the Disney Music Hall in Los Angeles. Yep, which is a cool-looking building. I love that building. It's it's gorgeous. I actually saw the producers there with nice. Jason Alexander and, God, I forget who played uh, the other guy. But um, That's cool. It's, really, it's an <laughs> awesome building. I think this park could be an interesting place for Disney to incorporate something like that into their parks, right? Like put Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They kind of have a one full orchestral building and have like an in-park orchestra that plays like once a week or something like that a couple times a week. They yeah. kind of have a performance venue in the America Pavilion in Epcot. It's weird. It's it's an outdoor weird little performance stage, but just a quick anecdote. Last time I was in Disney, Jake and I we were walking, and I remember being like, do I hear Hold On Loosely by 38 Special? <laughs> yeah, that was weird. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, that's weird. And we kept walking, and then we turned the corner to where we were facing that amphitheater, and there was 38 Special performing Hold On Loosely. <laughs> we were just standing there like, what the hell? <laughs> Why are they here? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's a – I mean, it's proof – that that kind of thing kind of could exist, and what I'm envisioning is it would be on like the side of the park, so you could enter it from outside mm-hmm. like, to come see the show, or you could get like maybe a. Let's face it, Disney would never actually discount the ticket, but there would be right. a park entrance as well, where theoretically the the purchase of a ticket could right. discount <laughs> your ability to go see the orchestra. Yeah, I would also like to say now's a good moment to pour one out for Halix. The the band that had a uh, the Star Wars themed ripoff band that had a residency <laughs> at the Tomorrowland stage for many years. <laughs> <laughs> so the last um, 
just ride suggestion I had, uh, it comes with an asterisk attached. And that asterisk is, I know there is not a lot of people that would be as excited about this. So maybe you guys can help make it more exciting, or maybe we just accept the fact that it would be an awesome idea, but not worth the time to build, which is, I thought it would be really neat to have a Omnimover type ride where you move through famous paintings. So like you can go through Starry Night, you could see, you know, uh, the ballerinas from Degas and you can go through the Renaissance painters, you can go through and just experience those as if you're actually in the painting. And as beautiful as that would be and as awesome as I would find that, I fear that not a lot of people would get as excited about it as I do. I think done correctly, it would be incredible. What you could do is, and I know this is borrowing stuff from what I said earlier about the animation ride, is you do it like a history through these famous paintings. You start early, you go through. Um, But what you could do is you could have a fun character. Maybe it's a pre-existing Disney character. Maybe it's a new one who's on a journey that you're following through. So Mm -hmm. like a figment type character only good like he used to be but (laughs) where you're (laughs) original figment (laughs) and you're seeing that character in all these different art styles and all that so it could be a modern disney character but yeah and then i think that would be fun so it's more about that character and you you, that you and that character are going on an adventure through these paintings and that would make it a little bit more vibrant and i i think the thing is there are two types of like boring in quotation marks, rides, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's the calm but beautiful and amazing-looking ones. Like, people still line up for Spaceship Earth. True. And then there's less good styles of those. Really, I think it depends more on, like, how much effort and money would be put into it. And I think there is a way to make it very beautiful to go through and, like, live in these paintings for just a moment. Yeah. Would be something that I think would actually... Even if somebody wasn't excited when they were boarding it, it's something that would stick with them Mm -hmm. big time when they're coming off of it to have seen beautiful, famous paintings brought to life before their eyes. Yeah. Great. I feel like part of that would be going inside of them Mm -hmm. for some kind of story, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be any kind of malicious story. It's just, hey... We're going with, I need to study this and like go inside of it, whatever. But like getting a fully three-dimensional view of like what it would be like to be inside Starry Night done on a Disney scale budget. Right. Seems I agree. I think that would be an amazing dark ride to just like pop in and out of all of these different uh, pieces of art. And just like, yeah, and it doesn't have to be like, and something goes wrong. It can just be, look at it. Maybe there's Beautiful. like in some of them, yeah. there's like yeah. jokes or interesting things going on. Right. Like I we, I could even imagine sticking in Disney characters as mm-hmm. long as they weren't but, overstated, you know, as yeah. long as they were subtle. I'm reminded of Maelstrom where it's I think you could do this as just a nice, sweet, beautiful ride. Right. It can be fun. It can be you can do something a little bit silly, but I think Disney can do and has room to do these kind of rides where it's just something nice. Will this ride also have a video about Norwegian oil pipelines after the <laughs> of course, very exciting Tanner, ride? Of course. Well, because because we're we're going through we're going through types of art, and so we have to reach the pinnacle of art at some point. So that's going to be the video about Norwegian oil. <laughs> so I just had a cool idea for this ride, a cool mechanic, which would be. 
that above each ride vehicle is a projector that projects down onto the rider. And what it does is it projects the texture of the paint. So when you are in Starry Night, if you look down at yourself, you look like you were painted by Van Gogh with those thick, heavy brush strokes. Or if you're in the Syrah painting, the famous one with, you know, the pointillism where they're looking at the river, you have pointillism projected onto you. So you look like you are painted in pointillism. So you really are part of the painting. Or if you're going through Van Gogh's self-portrait, you like literally lose an eye. Yeah, someone chops your ear off (laughs) (laughs) and then shoots you in the stomach. That's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> too soon <laughs> that sounds like one of those technologies that we're like that's literally impossible and then disney does it <laughs> so i, I don't have think no it is doubt that they could do it that's what i'm I don't saying think it sounds impossible I, i'm like, saying that sounds like something disney would do where it just yeah. seems yeah. like you're looking at it and you're like oh my god how but disney can do that for before breakfast like <laughs> yeah that sounds really cool to me yeah yeah I, so the way that I'm viewing this, like, and especially through the light of this particular ride, is sort of like an early California adventure where there was really only like three or four e-ticket attraction level things. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the rest was built out around the theming. It turns out that a theme park built around California kind of sucks. Especially <laughs> in so California. To, yeah, in California. <laughs> where, like, who gives a shit? But like... That idea, there's so much more theming in aesthetics. <laughs> Gamified <Love>. aesthetics? <laughs> Gamified aesthetics <laughs> that could be put into this. And I think, it, like, that's all you really need is, like, your music roller coaster, your paint ride, like, two or three other, like, big time attractions, and then a bunch of shows. Yeah. And streetmosphere and things that are just kind of indications of like art and and things that, and you have like a really cool park. Yeah, I think one thing too that would really round it out is it doesn't have to be a land, but really focusing in on this idea of like the culinary arts, like in oh, all of the yeah. restaurants. All I think would be a really yeah. cool thing, like to Perfect. have like information about of like these recipes and about the backgrounds of these and really like highlight the level of that. And obviously that'll make the park have to step up their food game a bit, but just like providing right, that is right. an idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Yeah, highlight the fact that that is art. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then it, we and could bring the Ratatouille ride to California as well. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, uh, there's an interesting podcast called the 99% invisible and it's about the things that people don't notice. That is mm-hmm. art that a lot of thought was put into. Um, and I think finding a way to do that in this, in this park really just, point out things that are art, the beautiful small things, you know? Yeah. I don't know how we yeah. do it, Topiary, but this feels like a park like that. that's, you know, designed around that. Yeah. Yeah. This would be a, a very, like, expensive park to build and attend. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I still, I love it. Yeah. Um, it would be more about the experience of going. Mm-hmm. Like, and the craft of that. I think it, it, that's really interesting to me. Yeah. It's worthy of a better name than Art Park. <laughs> but I haven't come up with one that Fart I felt was worthy. Park. Oh, thank you, Tanner. Perfect. Don't know why I didn't think of that. The Artistic Kingdom? Disney's Artistic Kingdom, something like that. Well, we could come up with the title at a later time. Let's see if this one even gets voted for yeah. first, yeah. you know? 
I think I have covered pretty much all I wanted to cover with that one, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to add to it. No, I think we're good. Uh, something I would want to talk about if it gets voted for is uh, stuff to flesh out, particularly in literature land. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. I had, well, I had kind of t- thought about, you know, writing some of the famous classic literature, like maybe there's a ride based on Moby Dick, or maybe there's a ride, you know... Pose the Raven, man. That's that's where we got to yeah. look into. Yeah, that'd be, I, I that'd be wait, awesome. I can't wait till uh, the Jane Austen trackless ride <laughs> where we're just taking turns around the garden. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we'll flesh it out more if it gets voted for, but I think for now we've, we've covered enough detail on this one. Yeah, we've given I the think. listeners yeah. enough information on what they'll be hearing about for them to make a decision. Right, right exactly. So that being said, are you guys still sure you want to do a lightning round? Because yeah. I've got the wheel here. Yeah, All right. let's do a lightning round, baby. It's the lightning round. I shall spin the wheel. The wheel is a spin. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Are you guys sure you want to do a lightning round? Bring it on. This is why I hate that Jake has the wheel and none of us do, because it's that moment of dread when he knows and we don't. (laughs) I laugh, and it's like, uh uh-oh. All right, boys. And we have to do it. We're not backing out. We have to do a stunt show. Okay? Pitch your stunt show. Using characters from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> okay. So I who start? Who, hey, right. I think I, I think I might be able to pull it off. Who's starting us off, Eric? It is. God, fuck, fuck, dude, it's me. Okay. All right. So our friend Eeyore is having a really bad day and is depressed about everything. And our friend Tigger comes along and says, "Bro, let me show you some cool ass tricks." And it's all about Tigger, this guy on a pogo stick, theoretically, jumping around doing mad, crazy pogo tricks all over the audience. And uh, that's my... And, like, there's fire and explosions and stuff that he's jumping through. <laughs> and that's my Winnie the Pooh. Just throw some fire Such in there. See, I'm annoyed because I had similar ideas, but... Good. <laughs> Me too, because Eric like took like what like I had a good idea for and was like, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is that bad? Anyway, who's next, Eric? <laughs> Jake. All right. So I was gonna go with Tigger, but now in order to not go with Tigger, I am instead going to focus on Winnie the Pooh and the Winnie the Pooh and the blustery day. And it's going to be focusing on the big windstorm that hit the hundred acre woods and how the characters are dealing with that. And that way we can have a lot of trapeze and acrobatic as they fly through the air and have to save each other from the horrible windstorm, but in a fun Disney way, not in a scary way. Cause that's what we do here at uh, main street musings. That's my pitch. Nice. All right. Brock. All right, so it's going to be based on the Heffalumps and Woozles segment of Win- Winnie the Pooh. Nice. Um, so it takes place in a dream 
in a dream sequence sort of thing where Winnie the Pooh is trying to escape from all the heffalumps and woozles and it can play that great song and the heffalumps and woozles are going to be bouncing everywhere there's going to be performers doing amazing stunts and Winnie the Pooh is trying to avoid them in a crazy psychotropic kind of display and stage so I think that would be really cool nice nobody else is yelling at other people about theirs being stupid isn't that funny how that works (laughs) Sincerely, Eric and Brock, fuck both of you from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> and you, whatever witchcraft you're doing over there, Eric, with your pyramidal structure, you can let me start not going last now, dick. You're just mad because you aren't going first every time anymore. No, we keep saying I go first, but I haven't gone first in like six episodes. Let the record show. <laughs> Stop stalling and get on with it. So my idea is going to be Piglet is going off on his own daring journey. So he's going to be journeying through the hundred acre woods by himself. And of course, he's going to find himself in all sorts of dangerous situations, navigating creepy creatures. And the big final moment will be Piglet gets stuck hanging off of a cliff on a river's edge. And all of the other friends in the Hundred Acre Woods are going to have to use gymnastics to rescue him before he plummets and falls to his death. <laughs> wow. It started so strong, and then the ending was a little uh No, dark. they save him. Uh, okay, good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I said before this time. I don't know. Maybe it's just the word death <laughs> threw me. <laughs> before he falls to a big ouchie. There we go. <laughs> I thought that was a good one, so fuck you guys. No, it is, it is a good one. I, I thought it was good to redo too. my pitch three Tanner, times. It, it is a good one. It's just the word it death really, really threw me. Oh, go plan your Egypt ride, Brock, you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do it together. Oh, do you not like when pitches are criticized, Brock, as you said Eric's was and then you said mine sucked too. <laughs> no, see, see, you guys don't understand. It's fine when I do it. Brock, just stop. Just stop. Why, you know what? <laughs> just, just take us out of here, Brock. Hey, Jake. What? Look what the backhoe dug up. I think it's our Facebook. <laughs> oh man, good thing you're staring at the back of that hoe. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't, I don't know. I was going for a construction thing, and you had to make it. I don't. I was gonna say dirty, but that nonsensical. <laughs> now I, now I don't feel good about this. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. Oh, Jake! Look at what the excavator dug up. It's our Facebook. Why do you mean Facebook.com/slash Main Street Musings? Tanner, watch out! That steamroller's going right over our Instagram! Oh no, our Instagram, main underscore street underscore musings, is about to be steamrolled. (laughs) Eric, they're about to pour cement right on top of our Twitter. Better get on that. Well, that'll lock in that our Twitter is at MSM underscore podcast. And I'm Brock. Make sure to build us a five-star review, like, and subscribe, everybody. All right. Nice Can we talk about say. how Brock had to one. make everything sexy? Because he's talking about backhoes and steamrollers, which just sounds kind of dirty. That's Brock for and you. He's such a semen. Okay, I think. All right, guys. I, guys, Tanner, don't forget. I think to, you just think my voice is sexy. Okay. Don't it's forget to look out for one. part two coming soon, so you can vote on which of our four ideas you like the best. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>